I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to AusBiz, Australia's only business and markets streaming channel. Great to have your company also. Uh, our friends on Twitter and Facebook Live, um, appreciate your company on this Friday edition of The Call. This is uh, the show, midday Eastern Daylight Time, every single d- trading day, where we analyse 10 stocks that you suggest and want us to have a look at. I put it to an expert panel uh, for their views on it to give you some direction, and um, boy, uh, have we got an expert panel with a capital E today. Uh, <laughs> Julia Lee from Berman Invest joins us. Julia, good to see you. Great to be here. Uh, how's your week been? Great. Um, I mean, this has been a fantastic month for the share oh. market. It's the best month for the benchmark index since it started in 1992. There and for go. the all odds, the best month since March 1988. And that was coming out of the 87 stock market crash because the oh. crash happened in October 87 and the market yeah. kept on falling till February. And then March, it just shot okay. out. Why? I think Why the, are we having such a great November? Vaccine. Ah. <laughs> it's back <laughs> to normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners joins us as well. Yes. Adam, good to see you. Yeah. Did you, at the start of the month, did you ever expect a month like this? Uh, I'd like to say I would have, and yeah. yes, of course, but no, no, I don't think so. I think start of the month, we were all pretty much grappling with how this economy is going to reopen, yeah. and within the last month, we've now started to see that reopening trade confidence starting to come back into our banks and I think confidence is just starting to seep back into this market so it's been fantastic yeah are we outperforming the US and European markets is it is it just us doing this because even though we've got our confidence back and borders reopening US and Europe look horrible yeah I'd like to say yes but the US stock market record highs so they they are outdoing so they're happy with Biden and what he will bring. Yeah, and look, the US has yet to still pass its CARES 2 Act, so that's still in the wings. And remember back in October when we had the budget announcement on the 6th mm. of October, the yeah. Australian market just shot up. So uh, it shows you what that sugar hit and the stimulus does. It's called free money, and yeah. markets <laughs> love free money. Yeah, yeah, but the US, uh, that's what we keep forgetting, Adam, is that US hasn't had their economic stimulus, their Correct. politicians have been yabbering away but haven't really agreed on it. I think the market's baking in some of that turkey. Thanksgiving reference, baking that into the turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. I think they're baking some of that uh, that stimulus money now, starting to come into the market at the moment. So I think you know, with Dow at all time highs, S and P moving, even the Russell two thousand, which is a really broader index, which is one you should be looking at, uh, that is also moving a lot uh, higher as well. So yeah, I think some of that numbers or some of that flow is starting to get pushed into the market. But yeah, it's going to be a huge stimulus, one of the biggest we've ever, ever seen next year. Our market getting too overheated? Does that worry you? Well, I think last Friday, so we talked about that Christmas rally and potentially yeah. we're going to come up against that level of 6,600 to 6,800. We've come into that level and now we're just retesting. We've come back a little bit. Now we're testing that 6,600 
I think we'll do some work around here. So yeah, I think it's it, it's not yeah. overheated, but I think it's, it's getting worried? pretty hot. I've been taking a, some profits uh, in the short term. Look, I'm a bull longer term because I believe when you see these massive amounts of stimulus coming right. through after a recession, mm. it resets the business cycle. And business cycles are generally four to six years. So yeah. that's a great outlook for longer term investors. Mm. But the short term, I think we've just gone too fast, too hard. We're about 30% okay. in cash. And as soon as it pulls back, I was going to ask you, 30% in cash because uh, Bourbon Invest has We're had a great active. run. Yes. Uh, haven't you? Good performance. Great performance. and But it's been so fast and so hard. And my experience in the market tells me that often it's normal and healthy to so have a bit of a rest. So you've gone to 30% cash. Yes. Okay. All right. That's why I love the call because I get to pick their brains and go, oh, okay. Um, so be a bit wary out there. Um, before we get into your 10 stocks, I always choose a stock of the day, one that's in the headlines. Bigger cheese set to buy the local dairy arm of uh, Kieran Holdings, Lime Dairy. Um, that's because the, the Chinese buyer has been knocked back by, basically by the Foreign Investment Review Board or, or more particularly uh, the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg. Um, Bigger's going to pick it up $560 million in a bid to drive consolidation in the dairy industry. Um, it's set to raise just over $400 million in an equity raise to, for the purchase. Kieran originally, as I said, uh, planned to sell the assets to a Chinese dairy firm, but uh, uh, changes to foreign investment review laws. Bigger expects the uh, snap up to be double digit EPS accretive in financial year 22, with the sale expected to be completed early next year. Julia? Good move for Bega? Yeah, I think it makes sense. It, it really adds to its portfolios. There's obvious synergies there. And look, the market seemed to like it. They raised some capital at a very discounted price of $4.60. And today yeah. the shares are up by 8%. So I guess when you have a look at Bega, there's a number of different levers as you look at. One is commodity prices or milk prices. Yeah. You look at the milk supply. And look, milk supply this financial year is probably going to be lower than last financial year. But on the flip side, you're starting to see um, milk powder prices prices starting to rise and that's going to have a positive positive impact to EBIT and then the cost savings they've just been mm. working on efficiency gains and that's really going to help yep. as well so look I think this is a good move by bigger okay a buy at these levels yes it is a buy at these levels yes oh well it's jumped eight percent so yeah. <laughs> but usually when you see strength in a move like that it speaks to further demand so yes yeah and you look at the five-year chart you know it's up still not near its five-year highs at 780 um, Adam? Yeah, I think it's a buy from me as well. I think it's, okay. a great, it's a great call. I mean, we know Lion manufacturers and markets, uh, are, well, milk, yogurt, juice brands, and that fits perfectly with what Bega wants to do, and, the, and that's their brand strategy as well. But they are the, um, this is one of the Australia's largest national cold chain distribution network. So this is to convenience stores, to fast food outlets, and food supply. So this does give Bega a little bit more reach. Yeah. Uh, it does well. They're going to be doing debt and equity. So that's great because there will be an SPP for all the shareholders at home. They will be able to get access to that, as Julia said, at $4.60. But they are saying that it's going to generate some revenue around about $3 billion, uh, as you said, sort of in 2021-2022. So actually, it is a quite a good one. Um, I think Bega's doing great. I mean, they bought Vegemite. They've, they've, they've really sort of tried to expand that marketing range and, and their products. Rains have been really good mm. over the last three months or so, yeah. and that means yeah. more milk production for the cows, which means there'll be more out there, which yeah. probably does lead to Julia's comments around that sort of softer milk 
supply or, or, or demand, sorry, not demand, but the pricing for milk, but powdered milk will definitely uh, rise well. And we know uh, the Chinese do love our milk brands. Yep. So um, I think it's, yeah, it's a buy from me. Okay, so if you're already a shareholder, take up the SPP. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good position and with the equity raise, if you can get some of it, yes, or on the market at this point. Yeah, so they're obviously, they're going to do, the equity raise is already done now since it's now yeah. come out. It's been in trading hot for the last three or four days, so that, that they've been uh, locking that up. But the SPP will be the one where yeah. shareholders will be able to get access okay. to it. Excellent. All right, let's start taking a look at some of the stocks that you've asked us to recommend. Adam uh, Malia. Uh, wants a view on Harvey Norman, the uh, the big retailer. Just had their annual meeting this week, saying yep. first four months of this current financial year, the boom has continued. And yep. Jerry Harvey saying he thinks it will. You'd expect him to say this. Uh, <laughs> will continue well into the future. A lot of people are saying, "Hey, has have, have all this spending just been brought forward, and it will start to slow with a lot of these retailers." over the next couple of months, mm. he's seeing no sign of that. Well, you're right, and he, he's seeing that spending on household goods has reported 28% rise in aggregate sales. So uh, that was exactly right from July 1st to November 21. So there's been this huge push. Um, we all probably thought in the market that we would see uh, a reduction in spending on household goods because of COVID and people yeah. losing their jobs. Uh, obviously, JobKeeper, JobSeeker, those kinds of things have helped uh, sort of push that forward. Um, but Jerry Harvey also did say that it was widespread uh, across all of his uh, products and some of those spending patterns, e.g. office, uh, home supplies, those kinds mm. of things will likely to be remain. So I think the stock's up around about 49% the last six months. Yep. So it's done very, very well. Um, and it, today's share price, it represents a sort of a, a five times EBIT multiple. So I don't think it looks too stretched up here. But I'm going to say a hold because okay. I'm always cautious when you see a double top like that at 477. I think there potentially could be a little okay. bit of a pullback. Got to bring that chart back. Uh, just explain what a do double, double top, top. Okay. Top is. Yeah. So you can there. see the 477. There's um, well before COVID yep. we we had that, and then the fall, yep. and then it's come back up. You could even that say v -shape. that V shape, and then yeah, they're the trying year. to. It's like a ceiling. It's trying the stock's trying to get above that. If it does go above that, then absolutely it's a buy. But I think around here, yeah. uh, you would be holding. You wouldn't so be selling. So charters look at that in terms of momentum of a share price. Correct and levels for it to go through. And you can see that line is a is a clear line where even back in 2015, you can see yeah. that it, it struggled to get above that uh, yeah. and and has always. So yeah, I, I, it's mm. a hold for me. Yeah. I like it. Go, like Harvey. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, Adam men mentioned those great sales numbers, 28% from yeah. July to the 21st of November. But the way that translates into profit is pretty amazing as well. Profit before tax for the first four months of the financial year, up 160%. Mm -hmm. So that's really strong. And I guess there was a fear that, um, you know, COVID-19 brought forward a lot of spending. Yeah. The other thing with Harvey Norman is it's a housing exposed stock. And the Australian housing market at the moment, there's no hard landing. There wasn't yeah. even a soft yeah. landing and mm -hmm. it's going from strength to strength. So if that housing market strength persists, that's going to be great for a company like Harvey Norman. Yeah. So 7% yield, levels? yes. And 7% yield. 7% yield and that cash Harvey generation. Harvey Norman's got a 7% yield. I didn't know. Well, with friend. that cash generation, yeah. right. um, there's going to be a lot of money, I think, returned to shareholders. So right. the beauty of that increase in sales is a translation into profit. Yeah. Yep. And of course, for those people who, who don't see the link, 
more houses are built, uh, more people go and buy their washing machines and uh, dishwashers and fridges and curtains and furniture. Uh, from places like Harvey Norman. Yeah, so and it's, it's a sense of confidence that people have when house prices are going up. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. house prices are going up. You spend a little bit more. You do, you do I can get that new fridge. <laughs> the the stainless effect. steel appliances. Yeah. <laughs> Our biggest investment is going up, so we feel a whole lot better. All right, uh, thank you for that, Mailer. Um, Kate now, uh, Julia wants a view on Sezzle, one of the, uh, um, the buy now, pay laters, all the focus on Afterpay and Zip, but Sezzle yeah. uh, has really made its mark as so well. So Sezzle is really a US-based stock, yeah. um, and I'm a little bit cautious when you see overseas companies that predominantly do most of their business overseas listing yeah. on the Australian exchange. So look, it was a hot stock. It, it hit a yeah. high of 12 bucks back in uh, August. It's back to around about $6, so it's halved in value. I'm not a big fan of jumping into stocks while they're falling, um, right. so I'll probably stay away from Sezzle. One, because you know most of its business is over in the US while it's listed here, so that, to me, is not the ideal situation in terms of an investment. Um, and two, you know the share price, the momentum is down. Yeah. See, we're, we're hot for buy now, pay later stocks mm -hmm. here in Australia, investors. Yeah. Are investors in the US and the UK just as hot for it? Or is that why these US companies go, right, gonna list anywhere? Australian investors really appreciate us a lot more. I'm gonna get a better valuation. It's is much that, easier to list in Australia versus the US. So they uh, come right. to our market first and so then they might transfer the right. listing, that's why we get sort of US listings, China listings, Israeli listings mm -hmm. coming through. But the yeah. buy now, pay later space, there's no doubt that it's growing, but yeah. also competition is increasing as well. So it's not as easy as it was a year or two ago, yeah. where you're seeing these, this increasing competition okay. coming through. All right, Adam, what do you think of Sezzle? So just on that US listing side, it's also market cap related. If, you, if Sezzle was to list in the US, they would be a minnow, a pink sheet kind of right, stock. Right. Here they come and list here and potentially they've, they've obviously got a, a smaller market to be a, a bigger fish in a, in a smaller right, pond. Right, okay. So it, it makes sense for they them. Can and get notice. Plus we have really good corporate governance and that corporate governance then does well when they try and then move to the US and all those oh, kinds of things okay. as well. So that, there's so, a couple of So we're of an easy first step for Yeah, listening. rightly or wrongly. Yeah, ones. we okay. do sometimes get, yeah. So, um, with all of the buy now, pay later sectors, we've done a lot of work at Shores uh, lately on our website traffic and basically looking at how uh, websites and visits and Google searches. So you can boil that down to obviously Afterpay probably being the biggest one uh, yeah. for, for website or traffic. But Sezzle's actually come up with number two. Uh, wow. We saw the strongest increase in website visits up around about 34% month on month. So that means that they're making some traction in the US and people are starting to look at these things. Afterpay was up 14% month on month. So you right. can show you Kalana was also uh, quite strong as well. So um, you can see that people are looking at these things and potentially uh, inquiring or, or, or looking to, to take one of these products out. But it also comes down to app downloads as well. Uh, Afterpay had 320,000 app downloads last month. Sezzle obviously a lot lower. So right. you can see that obviously traffic's moving there, but then it's not converting that into business as well. So it's a no from me on, on Sezzle. I'm always and, and have continued to always be, Zip is my uh, number one pick in the space. Zip is struggling at the moment around that $6 mark. And it's, it's a, little bit, a little bit tough at the moment, but um, yeah, uh, Zip is, is the way to go. Sezzle uh, is a no. Okay, all right. Uh, thank you for that, Kate. 
Um, now, John Adam wants a view on the Magellan High Conviction Trust. Um, invests in um, um, only, what, 15 to 20 stocks, mm. I think, in the portfolio. Even less, I think. Right, yeah. global. I think 13, right. something like that. I think it's, yeah. So high conviction is exactly what it is. Okay. Um, so what does that mean? Well, it means what, what, that... What do they say that... They're looking for 10 or 12 big turnaround stocks, are they? Yeah, so yeah, Magellan's always been very well known to be the Ebays, the Visas, yeah. MasterCards, those kinds of things. That, that, that's sort of what um, they've been very well known for and, and, and have done very, very well. So Magellan as a house has done very well. And um, this is something that um, for me, I would be MFG, which is the mother stock, Magellan. Oh. I think that is a better place to be. One, because then any outperformance fees or anything like that goes like a Macquarie model, goes straight back up to the mother right. company and that's where you benefit from all of that as well. So the high conviction one, uh, look, hasn't really done much. Um, mm. And uh, I think obviously because of its concentration, but they did do a lot, they did a very well on the cap raise. They didn't need brokers to do that uh, raise or that IPO. Well, because so. that Magellan name. Correct. So yeah, we're a little brand. bit, we're, us brokers are a little bit jaded on the, uh, <laughs> on that uh, on that side. But yeah, look, I, I think you do better in MFG as a business. I think that's right. the one. Um, the, the high concentrated, I, I don't like being too concentrated. I don't think you need 300 stocks in your portfolio like some other fund managers, but 13 or, or, or that or, or less than that. I think it's um, something that, you know, it's not going to perform and uh, it'd be, yeah, a no okay. from me. All right. Julian? I think this would have been a great one to have been in the last five years, but now we're seeing the great rotation, probably not. Yeah. And the concentrated nature of such a large fund like this probably works against them in that it's much harder to get out of those large positions and sort of shift the strategy. So you don't right. have that nimbleness. And we really have seen a shift away from some of those tech names into more of those value and cyclical plays. And if you have a look at the top five holdings of the Magellan High Conviction Trust, you've got Alibaba, Alphabet, Microsoft, Starbucks and Tencent, stocks that have really come under pressure the last couple of months. Mm, yeah. So looking at performance, it doesn't look bad. Over the last one year, it's um, up 9%. But then if you understand what's happening in terms of the markets recently, well, they started off at about $1.62 in November. The last weekly price I saw was $1.60. So coming under a bit of pressure. So it's a, it's a question of whether you think those tech stocks are going to star again and outperform or whether you believe that cyclical rotation has stronger legs. And for me at the moment, I'm, I'm a believer that that cyclical yeah. rotation is just at the start. Yeah. So I'd be staying away from something okay. like this. All right, um, to take up Adam's point though, invest in the investment manager, not one of their funds. Someone once said, said to me years ago, uh, don't invest in any bank product, only invest in the bank shares because they will end up making the most money out of it. And for a number of years that, that proved right. Is it the same when you look at funds like this, sort of Magellan, as Adam called it, the mothership, uh, we'll get fees from each of these funds, like mm. the Conviction Fund, um, bonus fees. Would you rather go into the mothership than one of its funds? It depends on who the fund manager is. I mean, look at AMP. It's right. the opposite case. So, yeah, you know, you're right. sort of backing fund <laughs> inflows coming through and fees going yeah. up and performance yeah. fees. So um, yeah. it depends on your outlook for each. It's different for each fund manager. Obviously, Magellan has a great track record in outperforming on the global stage. Mm. Yeah. And it's got a very loyal uh, distribution base as well. Mm. Yeah. 
How do you approach that? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm always of the view that the, the, the mother stock, the mother ship is probably the place to be. Um, you, you've also got to think about um, some of those smaller funds. Um, you know, the MGE, which is the Magellan Global Managed Fund, which is listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, has done very well also. Yeah. But again, you know, it's a subsect of uh, a stable of products that sit underneath that. And so MFG is fantastic and it will always do better. The dividend yields better, um, the growth you get out of it and everything else. Right. And also a bit of currency you've got to be careful of as well. So you just got to be mindful of what they are doing in there. Um, and some products are hedged, unhedged, those kinds of things. But for me, it, it always makes sense to be in, in, in the, the big one instead of the, source, the small subsidiary ones. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for that uh, suggestion, John. Uh, good analysis there from uh, Adam and Julia, as usual. Uh, Julia Charles wants a view on Next DC. Now, they're the big data centre operator mm. uh, through Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, uh, Perth and Canberra. Uh, one of the darling tech stocks of the last year or so, although the share price has been under a bit of pressure over the last couple of weeks. Yes, as well. so we have owned this in the past, um, NextCC as well as Megaport, but we were sellers in October. Um, and that's really because we've started to see a rotation out right. of the sort of high PE ratio growth names. It doesn't mean I don't like the business. I really do like the business. Mm. It's very hard to find a business that's growing at sort of 20 to 24%, which is what it's on track to do this year. Um, and the backlog it has should underpin growth over the next couple of years. Um, I just think that I'd wait for the share price to turn. I'm a great right. believer that the fundamentals and the technicals should match up. It's yep. been a whole raft of... Um, academic studies which show that you know earnings momentum is great price momentum is great but the two combined together is much more powerful and i'm right. a big fan of combining the two yeah. um but next they see you know growth plans as well so they're looking at uh, s3 which is their third data center here in sydney yeah. and also plans for um, m3 um, which is pretty exciting so having that growth um, in place means that you know m3 should contribute um, to earnings by FY24. So it does have that longer term track record. It does trade at a premium to the global data centers, but I think that's also because it's got a strong growth profile and that backlog really de-risks some of the picture, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, so... Wait for the share price to turn. Hold. What, what down to? Uh, look... Well, where, when would you get interested? I have to admit, with Megaporter, I am a little bit interested now. I had a look at it today, and I right. think it's around the thirteen dollar yeah, mark. Good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not going to take much. I just don't buy stocks while they're falling. Well, in in around the tens. Yeah, I, I'd say ten, reckon? something like that. You look at that sort of dip in August, September. That's yeah. probably where your first line would be to sort of jump back into that thing. Right. Okay. So, if got round the $10 mark, you'd start to have a look at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Uh, look, I agree with Julia. I think, um, you know, overall, NextCC has outperformed uh, fantastically over the last sort of year or so and has, and has been a really good business. My issue is with them that and, and with this S3 one is that the amount of money that they have to pay to get the property, <laughs> right? The, the actual cost, I mean, a data center is basically a big fridge yeah. where, you, where companies come in and rent space and put stacks in there and they provide security and then things like that. But basically, it's, it's a big warehouse. It's a, like in the spy movies when someone and yeah. there are those racks and racks of computer um, Absolutely. Sort of lots of air conditioning. Lots of air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's a fridge. Yeah. That's a data centre. So um, 
to get the land to do that. And and, and like anything... Why would they do it in Sydney and Melbourne? It could be anywhere. You well, could do it in Australia. The closer you are Correct. to where your like customers are faster. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, data right. travels at the speed of light, which is fine, but the longer it travels, the, the, slower. the slower and the weaker it gets. So it has to then right. have points to then jump to to get yeah. a node and then jumps to the next... That's so why high-frequency traders, they're in the ASX because yeah. that's the closest right. you can be to the exchange. So they data. can get the so numbers. So a fraction of a second to get something in. Latency. Right. Yeah. 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 So all of that kind of stuff. So I think the, the next DC has the issue that it, 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 it's got to uh, have an ability to attract good capital, and I think yeah. they are able to do that. But it's then to effectively deploy that capital, which yeah. is the issue. And because that Melbourne and Sydney and even potentially Perth is quite expensive to get something that's close to that. And it reminds me of sort of like a transurban. Remember, they've got the ring yeah. roads that go yeah. around uh, around the city. Uh, data centers are like that. They have to be on these ring roads where all the data cables are flowing and those right. kinds of things. So um, for me, it's tough because of those costs that they're going to have to pay. I really like a little stock TDI, which is a digital infrastructure fund. They right. do the same thing, but they've bought into a couple of other large data centers as well. They're not owning the outright, they're just buying into a proportion of that. They're doing a cap raise at the moment, but TDI is a good little one. It's only $1.80 versus NextDC, which is a sort of a, at a higher price. So increased competition is gonna continue with NextDC and they're gonna yeah. struggle with that. And I think that's one of the problems that they are gonna have getting that lower cost of capital, and then potentially having sort of contract wins to get that business as well. So it's definitely a hold from me as well. I think that it's a fantastic business. You should have it in the portfolio, but at the right price. Okay, all right. Um, there you go, really. Uh, thank you, Charles, for that that suggestion. Uh, Tim, Adam now wants a view on Atom, Atomos. Yeah. Atomos uh, manufactures Great, we've had them here on um, Ausbiz a number of times and also on the Startup Daily Show. Great Melbourne-based business that, that basically is in the business of turning your Apple video into broadcast quality streaming and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so and Apple, I think, is a shareholder or a, okay. a big customer of yeah. Tomos. So are we st is this still in the portfolio? I think uh, it I is. Can't, not oh, all right. Okay, it's a yes <laughs> for me. It's a yes for me. <laughs> it's a yes for me too. It's staying in the portfolio. Even, even though it's had quite a big run yes. in the last... Sort of go, Julie. You, so. you say your pet, and I'll say mine, and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, so it's up it, to. It still I hasn't got back I, to where it was back in January. I but love it because <laughs> I'm an Apple nut, and in the business we're in, so this is, teamed up this with is Apple, in my little superannuation portfolio. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so I, I know it's had a big run. So I better get this right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So October um, sales were up 200% compared to the second half. Yeah. So that momentum's fantastic. <laughs> um, but when I'm looking for businesses, I also like to see things like new strategy or new products to give an extra lift. Right. And the key here is the new products um, that are expected in the second quarter of uh, the year that should um, generate significant demand. So um, that should be great news for uh, Tomos. Um, and if you have a look at you know broadcasting, traditionally it was just the TV studios. These days yeah. you've got influencers, people doing it from home, uploading onto YouTube. So the market's growing, and at the same time they're launching new products which should attract more mm. demand. So yeah. I think that's a lovely combination. Yeah.
So seven new products that are going to be released. So that is going to then drive revenue growth going forward. And they've had a strong 2020. 2021 should also be doing well. Um, and in the US, they've seen across all of their regions, they've seen well, uh, good growth. But US is up 60% year on right. year. So yeah, yeah. that's your big market. That's where you want to be. And I think annualized revenue base is still going to continue to go as well. So. Um, I expect that AMS will continue to keep releasing these products because that's what keeps people interested and that's how where technology is moving as well. They have to continue to do that. And so I think that this is a buy, should stay in the model portfolio and it's Mm. a good one. Mm. Yeah, well, it's already there. Yeah, I knew it was. (laughs) I knew it was. Uh, But so is next DC. Well, you two have given that the flick today. Um, uh, Let's just recap the the first five stocks. Um, Bega, a yes from... Uh, both Julia and Adam. Harvey Norman, a yes from Julia, a hold from Adam. Uh, no for Sezzle, no for Magellan, um, high conviction. Uh, next DC, a, uh, a no from Julia, a hold from Adam. Adam likes TDI, which is a, a smaller data centre play. Um, Julia is starting to get interested in Megaport uh, at the moment and would start to get interested in next DC if it got round that $10 mark. And Atomos, a, uh, a yes from both of them. Uh, as we were saying here at the call, we are tracking our own portfolio since July 1. All the stocks that get two thumbs up from our expert panel go into the calls portfolio. If those stocks come up again and they don't get the unanimous uh, approval from the two on the expert panel, they go out again. So today, Bega has been in the portfolio and stays there because of the two ticks. Um, Atomos is is in the portfolio, it stays there. Next DC now goes out because uh, it's looking a bit expensive and uh, trending downwards. So that's how we monitor it. Um, Let's take a look at how the portfolio is doing. In the last week, it's up 1.5% for the month, 6.5% and for the year to date, uh, 24%. Now, if you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, um, just go to osbiz.co slash portfolio. Some of the stocks that have been added recently, Ampol, South32, Redbubble, Elmo Software, Credit Clear. Some of the stocks taken out, Jumbo Interactive and Eagers Automotive. So, uh, so you can go and have a look at the portfolio if you like. And yesterday, I got to ring the bell at the NAB Trade uh, uh, Charity Day at the close of trade. Just over 500, <laughs> I was giving, I was sending a kiss to uh, Brooke Court there who uh, rang the bell at the opening and they said I had to compete with her, but I gave Brooke her first job. So uh, <laughs> we're very close and I know her very well. Uh, they raised just over $560,000 for the ASX Infinitive uh, Charity Day, powered by wow. NAB Trade, dominating all of the brokerage. And uh, all of that money goes to a, a whole range of charities that the ASX support, including Rural Aid, um, which is a great organisation. So keep an eye out on this event over the years to come. It was really a great day. Now, quick reminder that if you want a wrap up of the day in business and markets, you get it all 5.30 in the afternoon in your inbox. Uh, Nadine and Scuddy wrap up everything that's happened in business, finance, startups, markets. Uh, subscribe to that, osbiz.co slash join. All right, let's get into our um, second five stocks. Julia, uh, Julian wants a view on AVA Risk Group. Now, this is sort of a, 
a cyber security protection yes. type business, isn't it? Well, I was on two weeks ago and this one came up. Yeah. And we, it was a yes, so it should have been yeah, added yeah. to the portfolio. So it's still a yes from me. Right. It's a very interesting one. They do have the technology division, which is all about security. Um, and look, they have seen a, a surge in terms of sales, unsurprisingly, given that mm. um, yep. you know cyber security and security of networks is such an important thing. But they also do like the trans. There's a services division. Um, it makes up about a third of the revenue, and um, basically they transport high-value goods for the military and the government. Mm. It sounds like some you uh, know, thriller identity movie. Type yes. Thing, isn't it? Yeah. yes, so this is a company that does it. So it does have very high-profile clients, the military, um, government. So it's not just the area of cyber, but it's this transportation of. I want to know what the high-risk goods are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but is um, really an important thematic at the moment, isn't it? So yes. it's had a good run the share price, so it's still a buy. And revenue growth up by 73% in the last quarter yeah. compared to the previous corresponding period. It's in a growing market, which yeah. will continue to grow. Um, yeah, okay. Adam? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great one. Uh, it's one that I really haven't looked at in, in a while. And I was when I saw it on the chart, I was surprised at how quickly this oh, thing had sort yeah. of ratcheted up. There's a couple of things, the reasons why I like it. One is that they've got some good cash on their balance sheet at the moment. It's about 7.7 .7 million, just up from about 3 million at the start of the year. So cash is king and yep. there's no debt. So uh, they're sort of continuing to move uh, on that. But I also like it how the directors have got a large stake in this business. Most of the directors hold around 20% of the company. So again, they've got skin in the game. A lot of time we speak to companies and we say, oh, how much stock do you own? They're like, none or, or yeah. 1%. It's like, you know, come on, if we're going to put our money in, you should have your money in yeah. there as well. But then also the top 20 shareholders hold approximately 62% of the register. Mm. So it's tightly held. It's well, well maintained. And I think that's the kind of thing you need to look at when you're looking at shares. How many shares are an issue? Who owns the stock? Uh, how many, you know, how much is in the free float? Those kinds of things will definitely uh, help to make an investment decision going forward. So it's a yes from me, albeit they do carry some uh, interesting stuff and uh, those kinds of things, but I think it's, yeah, it's a fantastic business. Um, the knock on it um, in the market is that it's being classed as a tech stock uh, or almost a software. Mm. Uh, now it's not software as a service, it is contracts that roll over and and revenue can be a bit lumpy is that a, a downside to it ah uh, yes but i think it is in a growing area the, right. um you know the end of COVID's not going to um take away the spotlight from yeah. the need for security a, a couple of my neighbors Inside are in this area security, yeah. they're always yeah. like working long hours right. and stressed out Good neighbors so much work <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um, but look, I think it's a growing area. It's, it will continue to grow because our reliance on technology just gets mm. bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, 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 lumpy revenue is always an issue if they miss their deadline or they can't get that revenue in before June 30. So it's always great that they can or, or, or if, they, if they are able to manage their accounts properly. Right. So lumpy revenue is fine, but you just got to manage it. And if you can't get that in before June 30, it, then it becomes a downgrade because you weren't able to get that. But if you yeah. can manage your accounts correctly, I think that's uh, that, okay. that'll smooth that out nicely. All right, uh, Adam uh, Chloe wants a view on nickel mines uh, involved in the production and processing of nickel. Has a strategic partnership with uh, a big Chinese organisation, mm. big Chinese uh, stainless steel producer. 
Uh, mine's in Indonesia, processing in Indonesia as well. A am I allowed to say I don't know about no. this one? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, love your stainless steel fridges. <laughs> I do love my stainless <laughs> steel fridges. You've got about nickel if you like stainless yeah, steel. My issue is Indonesia, yeah. to be blunt. A, so a sovereign risk. Correct. Oh. And I've been burnt too many times going overseas for these mining companies. And then governments basically flicking the switch with a pen and basically you've got nothing as right. an asset. So I'm always cautious, especially Indonesia, I'm always very cautious about that. The backdrop behind that is, and it, look, the stock has done well, the backdrop behind that is that nickel prices are going to still be buoyant and they and we're sort of our our analyst has upgraded momentum on the spot scenario basically we think that spot prices are going to continue to move and they're trading at sort of 15 to 17 percent higher going into 2021 and 2022 so any commodity stock that you own is all about the commodity that they mine that they run gold nickel yep. iron ore and nickel is moving in the right direction so I don't know. It's <laughs> a yes from me. Okay. It's, it's a yes, yes from me. Yeah. 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 Well, so, I don't know. So there's four rotary kilns that they have in Indonesia, and it's situated in the stainless steel facility, which is amazing. It's just right. so close. And then they're making this acquisition of four more. So they're buying it, and that's going to double their production capabilities from 30,000 tonnes this year to 60,000 by 2024. Right, so correct. in three years, you're doubling your production at a time when you know governments around the world are going to be trying to grow their way out of recession through spending on infrastructure. We're buying fridges, stainless steel. Yep. And look, the other thing that nickel is used a lot for is batteries. So as we oh. rely more on lithium batteries, nickel is yeah. an obvious um, beneficiary. And nickel prices have been going through the roof. Okay, so nickel goes into a lithium battery as well. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I think long-term yeah. demand there, the production profile for nickel mines, I mean, doubling production over the next three years, I think it's a good move. But the risks are there. Indonesia is yeah. uh, pretty prickly. Um, so you have to keep a close eye on it because um, there have been yeah. problems in the past. But look, I think this one looks good. To have good a big here. Chinese partner, does that work for it in Indonesia or...? Yes, I think it does help. They're buying this. Um, More than us, well, probably. <laughs> it's sort of being termed the angel nickel um, acquisition from this Chinese buyer. Right. Yeah, so the Weeda Bay acquisition, four hundred ninety million dollars. It's pretty cheap for what they're buying. Um, I, you know, it looks good and, and production doubling. You know, over the next two to three, two to three years. So it's a hold from me. I'm going to go. It's a hold because right. of that sovereign risk. And okay. I, I promised myself many, many, many years ago. If I don't like or I don't know the geopolitical region that the company's in, I'm not going to invest okay. in it. So I have to stand by my rules. Okay. All right. Um, now, <laughs> did, did you get a sense, Julia, like me and everybody, that Adam's sort of trying to convince himself yeah, I was. this? Going, I've, been, I've done this too many times. I've been burnt too many times. You've got to have rules in investing. So we all got to have rules. The other nickel stocks like Mincor, Western Mincor, Areas. Absolutely. Western okay. Areas, no problems at all. No problems at all. Yeah, more Australian-centric oh. and, and, yeah, US fine okay uh it, yeah it's just that geopolitical i've got to be and you, we've got to have rules we, we yeah. investing you know you can't be emotionally swayed these kinds yeah. of things and if you yeah you've got to stick to it okay all right uh julia what about uh Wally, the uh big global engineering <laughs> what are you gonna say well you know <laughs> I, I, i've been in on both Wally as well as whitehaven coal this month and it's been a fantastic ride but i have to admit i took 
money off the table on Wally. Yeah. It's just risen so quickly from like 10 bucks right. to over 13 bucks. I think it yeah. hit 14 bucks this month as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've just taken some money off the table, but happy to be in again if it gets back to sort of the 11 to $12 mark, because then it's undervalued. But I just think it rose too quickly, too soon. Right. So you're I like not buying, it. you're actually selling at this, waiting for it to get cheaper price. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. just being a bit more yeah. active around it. But look, yeah. it'd probably be a hold if you already had it here. Right. So you've got I think to, it'll do you've well. You've got to do that in the market. So Woolley's always been about oil and it's about engineering for oil companies. Okay. So and oil has obviously fallen and now starting to rise again. So there's that sort of tailwind that Wally's getting and, and potentially some profit taking, which is absolutely the right thing to do coming on the back of it. But what I think the market doesn't really understand is that the, the world is obviously moving away from fossil fuels and to a more of a sustainable energy mix. And on top of that, and it's obviously for policymakers and for companies to do this, but while that sort of energy transition starts to happen, Wallis is also uh, have done a fair bit of work on that renewable yeah, energy space. Right. Now, it, it represents only four to five percent of their overall um, revenue base or their investment, but they are well positioned to start working in that renewable energy space because it's engineering and they can move from one thing to another. They do a lot of deep sea stuff uh, and on oil rigs, complex stuff like that and chemicals and things like that. They can then grow that book of that renewable energy. And I think that's a, it's a great way for Wallis to, to, to basically start to expand that uh, level because it's always been about oil and engineering and those kinds of things. With that kind of uh, offshore wind, carbon, those kinds of things, carbon capture businesses, they will do quite well. So the addressable spend at the moment is quite small, but I think that's a really okay. big area for them to grow. And so it's a yes from me. Okay. All right. Even at these levels. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy with that. Um, Matthew wants a view, Adam, on the Van Eck Vectors China Economy ETF, basically, is that? Yeah. I think this one should still be in the, uh, in the on after we did our ETF special a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yes, it's a yes from me. I think right. this one's performed really, really, really well uh, and will continue. It's a great way for us, and I think it's probably one of the only ones to get a pure China play yep. in our market. We do have some of these other ETFs that have an Asia focus with sort of 50 or 60% of the portfolio in China, but this is an absolute uh, pure China play. And I, I think it's for a well-diversified portfolio. I'm really, really happy with it. Um, I, I, it's a position that I have and have had for a long time. Uh, I like Van Eck and yeah, it's, it's one I like. So yes, okay. it's a yes from me. Okay. So yes, from me as well. I mean, the one-year performance for this is it's up 44%, um, which sounds great, but it's underperformed its benchmark. The mm. benchmark has done 48%. But I guess that's okay because for Australian investors, it's very hard to directly access the kind of yes. investments that this particular um, vehicle makes. And that's because most of these shares are listed on the Shanghai um, Exchange or the Shenzhen Exchange. Um, so it's quite hard. And I also like the style of investing. Growth at reasonable prices, it yeah. makes sense to me. Like, I don't mind paying high multiples as long as the growth is there. So yeah. it ties that multiple and the valuation to the amount of growth that's going to, to be offered. So I think yeah. over the long term that this, is, this will do quite well. And it's also a space that scares me a bit um, in, uh, in China, particularly if you're investing in the Shenzhen or the Shanghai stock market. Mm. It, I often just can't quite understand it. They have totally different rules yeah. of trading and regulation. And if you wanted to, to go into to China, I reckon you just go in with, with an expert. 
don't you? Yeah, we can rather well, than pick individual stocks. Well, I don't think Australian investors can directly access even no, they wanted it, to. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, it's tough, and especially the A shares and the B shares. But also remember when their their market red means up and green means yes. down, <laughs> right? So whenever you see it, you always look at it, it's all red and you're so like- So your red tie is green yeah, for November. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so you look at it and you're like, oh no, it's been a bad day, but actually you've got to think about it a little bit differently. Right. So small things like that for, for a retail or a normal investor, they look at that and then they don't understand what's going yeah. on. So yeah. yeah, getting an ETF, you pay a little bit higher on the MER on this one. It is quite a little bit more expensive. So that's a management expense ratio. So how much it costs for so you to... So of all the China ETFs, it, this is one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah pure play. Right. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. Um, Vince, um, Julia wants a view on clean space. This is uh, in the uh, respiratory protection equipment. Uh, only recently listed, has it? And yeah. Was, and absolutely zoomed up. I think this one's one for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> Very much around the COVID-19 From space. Your old house as well, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's basically, you know, the masks that doctors are wearing and nurses are wearing, it's yeah. the full protection. Um, and obviously it's COVID-19 that's boosting the demand. Yeah. So whether you're going to see the same type of growth rates um, going forward, well, with a vaccine, you'd, you'd think yeah. that. Did yeah. you get in on the float? No. Right. We don't know somebody did get on the flight and sold on the first day because yeah, they thought this was, this was ridiculous. And it has pulled back, as you can see. Them. Yeah. So the company is saying that they're going to see uh, longer term demand and they're going to see past 2020, they're going to see sort of product demand going forward. So obviously the company is going to say that because... Um, and especially because the company is sort of going to leverage their sales force and look to sort of drive investments going forward. The only thing, I, and it's a no from me as well, but the right. only thing that I like about this one is that it is in that reusable space. So right. in other words, you need to continue to keep buying like ResMed, yeah? You've got yeah. the mask, you've got the ventilator, but you can, every six months you need to replace the mask. You need to yeah. do this. This is the kind of thing. And that's a really big benefit for these kind of companies is they've got that reusable market. And once you're probably wearing a, these kinds of face shields or, or ventilators, then you will continue to use that. So right. that's the only thing that I like it. I'd like to see some more track record. I'd like to see some more revenue come in the door. And it looks like, as Julia says, she doesn't like buying things on the way down. This is definitely on the way down right. uh, and you need to find some support. And the weird thing is that the first half guidance was upgraded. So an increase of 10% extra in sales and 30% in terms mm. of EBITDA and the share price hasn't. And that tells you there's a bit of a disconnect. Well, generally so. though, if an IPO does very well day one, yeah. it struggles then to outperform over the next year even. Yeah. And so you've got to be really careful of these ones that are outperforming because then they'll basically move sideways until basically yeah. the market catches up or, or it falls to a level where there's fair value. Okay, and, so if, it, if you're lucky enough to get a, in a, an IPO like this yeah. and it goes through the roof, is that generally what you do for clients and for the fund to go, well, this is hot, I'm going to sell it. Some of a mistake here, but... Um, say 50% of mistakes, take profits and let the, the other half go. Is that, is that how you think as a Yeah, I think if it's investor? had a good day, it usually has a few good days. <laughs> so yeah. maybe over like a two or three day period, but it mm. can be pretty volatile yeah. as well. There's a little bit of politics that go in with IPOs and you've got to be a little bit careful as, as someone who works in the industry because if you take a lot of IPOs and then you're a seller at day one, 
you don't get offered no. a lot more IPOs after uh, that, uh, okay. right? Because you're basically known as someone that will just flip the stock. Yeah. Now, the company obviously wants long-term shareholders that will continue to hold the stock and, and buy and, 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 and generate wealth for, for their clients and, and whatnot. So um, a little bit political for us. However, if you see a stock up 100 200%, I would definitely be taking some profit right. and let the rest ride. And, and, and take your initial investment out. You put twenty yeah. grand in, or you put a hundred, whatever. You put twenty grand in. Uh, it's up fifty to one hundred percent. You take your twenty grand out, and then if it goes to zero, you've still kept your capital. Yeah. And if it goes up another ten times, you've made some more money. Because it seems uh, I was talking to the stock exchange people yesterday. I think they have an IPO at least one a day. Yeah. To the end of the year at the moment. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Well, ASX is actually looking like a good trade at the moment. I don't know if you. Put that up on your chart there, got him. Um, but uh, <laughs> but ASX is breaking down a little bit, and I, I agree that there's money that's going to be coming in, and I've been buying a little bit of ASX at the moment. Great oh. yield, uh, and uh, falling down a little bit, and I know that the corporate flow as well as our volumes have been uh, huge this year. Okay. So that's another one that's going to do quite well. Sneak so in a little line like on that one there. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a hold. I would. I probably wouldn't be buying it, but then I, I like to see a rocket under yeah. a lot of yeah, things. Yeah. Okay. And I like inflection points as well. I like turning points when right. something different is about to happen. Right, okay. Mm. All right, let's uh, recap the final five stocks. AVA, uh, a yes from both um, Julia and Adam. Uh, Nickel Mind, a yes from Julia. Adam doesn't like the Indonesian exposure. He, it's a hold from him, but he'd prefer a Mincorp or yep. uh, Western Resources. West, Western areas, yeah. Uh, Western areas, rather, our, our local... Uh, nickel miners here, not Indonesian ones, uh, purely because of the sovereign risk, not because he doesn't like Indonesians, uh, just that that political risk over the top. Uh, Wally, a yes from Adam, uh, a hold from uh, Julia, who likes them. Um, she's been taking some profits on it. If it gets back down to around that $11 mark, she'll stock up on that again. Uh, Vanek, uh, China New Investments uh, area, um, a yes from both Adam and Julia and Clean Space, a no from both of them. So if we look at this, Ava Risworth already in the calls portfolio, stays mm. there. Van Eck was already in the portfolio as an ETF, so it stays as well. Um, Adam Dawes from Sean, yeah. good to see you both. Absolutely, thank you. Um, and uh, Julia Lee from Bourbon Invest. Been a pleasure. Yeah. Always great to have you here on the call, really appreciate it. That's our show for today. If you'd like any stocks you'd like our expert panel to look at, uh, flick us an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us at osbiztv. And a reminder, if you want to uh, see what's in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. A lot ahead of us on Osbiz. I'm going to see you for the Startup Daily Show. I think as well this afternoon I'm on that. So uh, stick around. Be back right after the break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.